say that uh, instead, of, instead of buying an airplane, we bought a time machine and a weather machine. I say that when I show the plan. I say, you know, what would you do with, uh, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars? And I go around the room and I ask people and I say, you want to know what I did? And I say, I bought a time machine and a weather machine. And they look at me funny. And I say, well, it's a time machine. It's called an airplane. It's a time machine because what used to take me five hours to drive from my house over the mountain pass to Tennessee and work my group over in Tennessee, I now do in 48 minutes in my Mooney. And so that's an extra, you take there and back, that's an extra nine hours of my life that I now have just got that I can stay home and spend more time with my kids. And so what I've just done is I've just added time to my life with that. And in fact, uh, you know that message that I played yesterday? Was it yesterday or today? I'll lose track of it. It's all one day for me. Um, But that message that I played where the girls came in and tickled me in the morning and I woke up, what you don't know is that the rest of that day, I decided to use my weather machine to change the weather because that day happened to be a rainy, drizzly, overcast, crummy, you know, kind of a cool 50-some degree day in Charlotte, North Carolina, where we live. And when I woke up, I, I don't know, I went to bed the night before just in the mood to play golf. And so when I woke up, you can imagine how disappointed I was to see that it was not a golfing day in North Carolina. So I quickly went to the weather on my computer, and I noticed that the rain stopped about West Virginia, that it was pretty isolated, North Carolina, South Carolina, but if I could go north a couple hundred miles, it was 72 degrees and sunny. And so in White Sulphur Springs, West Virginia, is a beautiful resort called the Greenbrier that we've been to several times. I picked up the phone, I made a tea time at the, at the, I think it's called the Greenbrier course, the one that they do the Ryder Cup and everything. I made a tea time at the Greenbrier course, and 42 minutes later, my, my Mooney touched down at the Lewisburg Airport, where the folks came out with a little golf cart and loaded my golf bags into a Lincoln Town car. I drove over to the Greenbrier, I played 18 holes of golf, came home and had dinner with the family. Beautiful sunny day. And that's what I did with my couple hundred thousand dollars, if that makes sense. So uh, if you've ever, or if if you're like me, and this may seem radical, I like to carry weapons with me when I do anything. And lately I've noticed that the airlines aren't real fond of me carrying weapons on. And I just want you to know that everyone on my airplane is a air marshal and armed. So just so you know, if you're flying with... With my airline, everybody's armed, so it's, it's equal, so it's all good. Um, but it's, uh, you know, I just, you know, have you ever just wondered about all these airline regulations and the seat backs and the upright and locked position, you know? And, and I saw a comedian one time doing what? Dead? Not dead. You know, seriously, it's this much. Can it really make that much of a difference? And the tray tables and, you know, and so I kind of got a dream years ago about, you know, I want to just get my own plane and, of course, I wouldn't be piloting it at the time, but wouldn't it be cool if you just, if you wanted to, you could just stand up and just surf down the aisle, you know? Man, we're taking off, and I'm standing in the aisle just surfing it the whole way. You know, it's just freedom, man. I don't like people telling me what I can and can't do all the time. And so, anyway, so the airplanes allowed us to be able to do that. Well, you know, Amy told you a little bit about, uh, about kind of us growing up in a blue-collar families, and, um, you know, I grew up really in a very mechanically inclined family. You know, we... We never took anything in to get work done. We did it all ourselves, automobiles. Uh, as a kid, I was always working on any kind of motor and engine and snowmobiles and motorcycles. And I kind of pride myself on if, if it's got an engine or a motor, I can make it go faster than it was ever intended to go. <laughs> Let me work on it for a while. And, and that's kind of the way, kind of my, my comfort zone. 
And I told you earlier that, you know, where I grew up, a good job was working for General Motors, Ford, and Chrysler. A great job was having a college degree and working for General Motors, Ford, or Chrysler. And, and the reason why, when I asked my parents, why is it that you work all the time but we're broke? Right? We never, you know, I don't know if anybody's had the, the one vacation as a kid. You, you know, anybody have the one vacation? I, I was a one vacation kid. It was the, trip, the, the one trip to Florida, right? We took as kids the one trip. We were going to go to the Orlando, the Disney parks, and all that kind of stuff. Did we fly on airlines? No, no, we don't. You don't fly with, in our economic situation, you don't fly on airplanes, okay, as, as I'm growing up. You get in the Oldsmobile Delta 88 that mom and dad bought used, you load a cooler full of sandwiches, which, for whatever reason, I, we, we didn't splurge for the Ziploc bags that would have kept our sandwiches from getting wet when the ice melted. We used saran wrap, which inevitably did not... You, you don't, you, can you imagine the potato chips are getting soggy, the sandwiches are soggy? Uh, of course, this is back in the time when you, you know, nobody wore seatbelts. I slept, I put a pillow in the back window. Anybody ever do that? That back, there's such a big back ledge. I put a pillow and lay down up there. Talk about, you know, child safety and all the stuff that they do today. I would have, you know, it was crazy. But, I, but here's, here's how broke we were. When we went to Florida, we didn't stay in a hotel because that would have cost money. We stayed at my grandma and grandpa's house. Problem is, they lived in Ocala, Florida. When you get a chance, check out the distance between Ocala and Orlando. They're not neighboring cities. They're not even close. But that's, so that's kind of my, my upbringing. So... When I asked my parents, why is it that we're always broke, yet you work all the time, my dad's answer was, I didn't go to college. That's the key. If you go to college, you'll be rich, you'll be successful. And so from the time I can remember, I was going to go to college. Well, I went off to Michigan State, and i got to be honest with you, I was a fish out of water at Michigan State because I was from this blue-collar family. The guy that I, uh, my sweet mate, his dad was uh, executive vice president with General Motors. The guy across the hall, his parents owned some, I don't know, General Electric or something. You know, I mean, just, you know, wealthy. These guys were all showing up. Their parents were showing up in their BMWs and their Mercedes. And I'm telling my dad, you know, I'm telling my mom and dad the wrong dorm so that I don't, no one sees their car pull in. And I'm, oh, did I tell you, Wilson? I meant uh, we're in Wonders Hall. I'm sorry. Geez, we just walked through. And, you know, and so uh, I was really, really out of my element going to college. And I did really poorly my first year because of that. Um, but here's what I did. I realized that I could figure it out. I could figure out how to play the game. I could figure out how this college thing really works. And I did. I learned some better study habits. And I kind of figured it out. And I ended up graduating from Michigan State. Amy, thankfully, thanks, thanks for pointing that out, five years um, <laughs> later. I managed to get that four-year degree, and, uh, and I got recruited by IBM. And once again, I'm a fish out of water working at IBM, because here I am in this corporate environment. I'm wearing a, my dad called it a necktie job. I've got a necktie job. I'm in an air-conditioned building. Uh, in fact, what I, what I first would call it is a career. You all know what I'm talking about? I was so excited about my career, and three weeks later, it was a job. And honestly, I was on the job, and I'd be looking out the windows. We were in this big complex, 10,000 employees at IBM, and I'd be looking into the courtyard, watching the guys mowing the grass, going, man, they've got the life. <laughs> I'm on the window, you know. I mean, I had a badge. I had to badge in. Anybody ever have to badge into a place? Like, like well, seriously, are people seriously want, trying to break into IBM and work extra hours or something? Is it really an issue? You know what I'm going to do? Hey, 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 guys, you know you want to do something really devious tonight? Let's go into IBM and work on some spreadsheets. Oh, we can't because they have a badge system. Oh, okay, well, that just foiled our plans. 
let's go rob a bank. You know, what, you know, give me a break. People don't do that. They should have the badges on the inside for people so they couldn't get out. But I remember just looking at them going, man, they're getting exercise. They're getting sunlight. They, they get to move from job to job. And I'm just stuck here in recirculated air under these fluorescent lights with people getting older, balder, and fatter. I mean, seriously. And you can imagine when she got re- free from her job, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, I'm, I'm still practically a newlywed. My wife, beautiful wife, is at home, and I'm sitting here with, what am I doing? What is going on? So you can imagine how, how motivated I got. Well, Greg, Greg shows me the plan. This is backwards a little bit. Here, my thought about the business was about the same as winning the lottery. Right? Y'all, y'all I don't know if you have a lottery out here, but here's, here's what winning the lottery uh, is, is for me. Winning the lottery is, you know, have you ever, has, has anybody ever thought if you won the lottery what you'd do with the money? If you had $50,000 a month for life, what would you do with the money? You know, I was that way. I could tell you what I would do with the money, but then if you asked me if I thought I was going to win the lottery, it's, oh, no, there's no way. So I knew what I would do with the money, but I didn't believe I ever would. It's kind of the same thing with going diamond. Ask me as a new 1,000, hey, what would you do if you were a diamond? Well, I had a whole string of things I would do as a diamond, but if you said, do you really think you'll ever be a diamond? Oh, no, it's because you got to be lucky, you know, to win the lottery, and you got to be lucky, I'm sure, to go, because, I mean, some people go diamond, but lucky people go diamond, and I'm, I didn't come from a lucky family, and so I never really kind of believed, right, and so uh, I remember learning how to cold contact, because I was in North Carolina, I was relatively new to the area, didn't grow up as a real people person, so I didn't have, but, in fact, I remember having an argument with my mom and dad about whether I should get a, 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 a yearbook from Michigan State University. My mom wanted me to get a yearbook. I said, why? I knew three guys, my three roommates, and we're still friends. I don't need a yearbook with a ton of people that I never met when I was at college and won't ever talk to ever again. I was, I was not an outgoing person. I was not a people person. So when I got in this business and started to realize, again, I'm a fish out of water because you can imagine getting in this business was way different for me, but I'd done that before at IBM. I'd done that before at Michigan State. I just had to adapt, and so I started studying and listening to what people did, and I heard people talk about going out and cold contacting, and one, of the t- one, of the, one CD that, or tape that I listened to, the guy mentioned classified news, or classified ads, and so I got the bright idea that I was going to start going through the classified ads, find people selling stuff, pretend to be interested in what they were selling, and then I could meet them, and I already had their phone number, right, because it's in the ad. So I, all I needed was their name and a chance to ask them if they ever... And so believe it or not, I'm not, I'm not, this isn't teaching anymore, okay? This is just me telling the story. So those of you taking notes on this, stop writing, okay? But I did. I would go to people's houses and I'd, and I'd knock on the door. Yeah, you've got the Lazy Boy recliner for sale? Um, yeah, it's right in here. Come on in. Uh, so why are you selling it? Well, we're moving to Baltimore. Oh, really? Why are you moving to Baltimore? Job change. Oh, well, that's what kind of worked. And so I'm trying to talk to them and they're like, do you want to look at the chair or what? I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. And so I'd sit in the chair and, you know, do the thing. And, 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 and so I'd be like, so uh, the job thing's not working out? For They're like, are you going to buy the chair or not? I'm like, um, let me think about it. And I'd leave, and then I'd call them later that night and say, you know, I'm not really interested in that chair, but uh, let me ask you a question. It sounds like jobs aren't really going all that good for you. Have you ever thought about ways? And they always said no. I remember arguing with an old lady. She's selling a, a dining room table. I was kind of still in the process of decorate, like filling my townhome, so I kind of figured I might as well at least pretend to be interested in some of the stuff. And so I remember this old lady, and I'm trying, to do, I'm trying to show her the plan on the table, and she's like, what are you doing in my house? <laughs> I mean, it was, it was ugly. And so finally, here's what ended up happening. I'm driving all over Raleigh, all over Chapel Hill, all over Durham, from all these different classified things. I pull into a gas station. 
and I'm putting gas in my, in my car, and I'm just like, this is never going to work. And this guy pulls in on a Jeep in front of me, and it happens to look just like my ex-girlfriend's brother's Jeep. And I said, hey, how do you like your Jeep? And the guy goes, oh, man, I really like it. I said, okay. I said, well, you know, my girlfriend's brother has one just like it. And we got talking. He had golf clubs in the back of his Jeep. And so I said, hey, you play golf. And next thing you know, I'm exchanging numbers with this guy to play golf. I ended up calling that guy. He totally wanted to get in business with me. He got in business, and I went, boy, that's a lot easier than, than the classifieds. <laughs> and honestly, I don't know how many people I've sponsored over the years, but I bet about 80% of the people that I've sponsored, I met them at a gas station because I was comfortable just talking to people. And so that was my thing. You know? And if you talk to Joe Markowitz, my upline Double Diamond, he met his folks at a sporting goods store because that was his thing. He was into sports. And so here's what I want to do. I've got about 15 minutes left. I want to go through and just share with you where my Platinums came from. Because if you hear the story, you'll realize that God's hand has been on our business, number one, and that anybody can build the business. And so the first, co- the first person that went Platinum in my group was one of my coworkers. I was working there at IBM. There was a young guy that I'd, I'd never seen before. He was kind of walking around the office, and, I'm, and I, I finally saw him go, duck into this office. And so I walked over, and I made a point. Now, again, this is because I'm, I'm paying attention for people now. Right? I've got a business, and I need some people to get in it, so I'm keeping my eyes open for people. So what I ended up doing is I ended up going to his office, and I said, uh, I said hey, I haven't seen you working here before. And he said, well, I'm a co-op. I only work here part-time. I'm going to school at NC State. And, and I said, uh, and so we, we kind of uh, said, well, hey, let's, uh, let's exchange numbers. Maybe we can play golf sometime or whatever. I ended up calling him about the business. He ends up taking a look at the business. And here's, here's, here's the, the situation at the time. He's about ready to get married which is a huge thing for him. And so he's, he's a couple months about away from being married. He says, you know what? I like it. I want to do it. But I'm getting married right now. How about I call you in six months? Well, I'm really new at the time. I don't want to wait six months. Right? And I'm not recommending this because I kind of fibbed a little bit because I think I had one person sponsored at the time. But I said, oh, okay, you, you want to wait six months? I said, well, that, that could probably work. Um, problem is, I might have to, you might have to get in underneath somebody. Because I, you remember when you saw the plan, you needed six people? You know, I'm pretty sure I'll have my six by the time six months is over. And so I'm not going to have any open positions. But I'm sure I can find somebody down here that would work with you. I know it's not totally the way the business, I didn't even know how the business worked at the time. And he said, uh, he said really? He said, well, uh, I said, yeah, I'm a, I'll have those six positions filled. And he said, well, how many do you have so far? And I said, five. He's like, well, then I better get in now. And I said, yeah, you better. I mean, it's now or, you know. And so I ended, up, I ended up signing him up that way, which I'm not recommending. I know that was a little misleading. Um, but it was, you know, I, was, I wanted to get this thing going. And as it turns out, he sponsored his mom and dad, who sponsored a real estate agent, who sponsored a bunch of people. And there's about 200 people in that leg today. They were my first pl- qualified platinum. Second qualified platinum was the guy that I sponsored that sponsored Amy, my best friend from college. Now, she didn't tell you the whole story. You know, she made it sound like I called him, he was interested, he got in. Truth is, I called him, um, he checked with his girlfriend to see what she thought of the concept over the telephone, who checked with her dad, who's a fireman in Michigan. Now, see, I didn't know this, but firemen in Michigan are experts on this business. <laughs> I, I didn't know that at the time, but apparently they, they know everything about the business and are qualified to give an opinion, official opinion on the business, and he didn't think it was a good idea. Now, again, this isn't totally duplicatable, 
But I said to Steve, my friend, I said, are you, and I won't tell you the other word, I said, kidding me? I said, how long have you known me? We've been talking about wanting to make some money for how long, and you're not even going to take a look at what we're doing? I said, that insults me. At least take a look at it before you say it's not for you. I mean, my goodness, what's it? you can't say something's not for you before you've looked at it. And he said, all right, I'll look at it, but I'm not going to do it. I brought him out to a, a meeting where he could see the, see the plan, and we're walking through the parking lot after the meeting, and he goes, you're right, man, this is awesome. We're going to do this thing. <laughs> and he became my second platinum and obviously eventually led to, uh, to Amy. The third person that became my, my third platinum was one of my high school friends from Michigan. Now, when I called this guy, here's, here's the way the conversation went. Hey, Jim, this is Doug. I'm calling you about a business opportunity. He says, Doug, does it have anything to do with Amway? I said, yeah, as a matter of fact, it does. Why would you know about it? He said, I've seen that thing so many times, I could show you the plan better than you could show it to me. <laughs> it's not for me. Thanks for calling. I said, hmm, okay. Uh, well, how am I going to argue with that? He probably does know more about it than me. I'm still pretty new. Well, as it turns out, he was coming to visit me about six months later. So he comes to visit me in North Carolina. I said, hey, Jim, you know so much about this. You're so good at it, and I'm just really starting to get going with this. You know what I'd like to do? Let me practice on you. Because, see, you could, you could hit me with the hard stuff, the hard questions, and then I'd be more prepared when I actually go and try to talk to a real prospect. So just let me practice. He goes, yeah, man, I'm going to nail you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn this thing upside down. I'm going to show you how this thing's not any good and everything. And so I started showing him how it works. And I get about five minutes into it, and he goes, really, that's how it works? <laughs> I said, well, yeah. And he goes, well, who wouldn't want to do that? And I'm like, that's what I've been trying to tell you for six months. Third platinum, okay. Fourth platinum, we had just gone ruby, okay. Just got our first check at ruby. It was between $5,500 and $6,500 was our bonus check. Um, Amy was a, we were planning Amy's retirement party. Okay, so that's about where we were in the business. And I get a phone call. We leave for a weekend conference like this. I come back from the conference, and there's a voicemail from my Uncle Bob, who I hadn't talked to in two years. I'd called him earlier. Two years ago, I'd asked him if he was interested in the business. He says, now I was brand new. He was an executive at IBM. I was a pipsqueak at IBM. Right? He says, oh, I wouldn't be interested in anything like that. After all, don't you know I'm a six-figure sales guy here at IBM? And, uh, but good luck, little nephew, with that little thing, and let me know how it goes. No conversation between, over that two-year period. Well, what I didn't know is somebody that was in his country club, somebody of his stature, if you will, had shown him the plan in Omaha, Nebraska. And he's like, this looks really good. Well, my aunt says, that's what your nephew Doug's doing. He goes, no, it's not. And she said, yeah, he tried to talk to you about that two years ago. You need to call him. So I get this voicemail when I get home from, my, from this conference that says, hey, Doug, it's Uncle Bob. Give me a call. I give him a call. Hey, Uncle Bob, what's up? He said, hey, listen, I got a question for you. You still doing that business? I said, yeah. He said, you making any money? I said, yeah, I think, you know, almost $6,000. He said, he said, all right, so $6,000, that means you're making, what, about $500 a month? I said, no, we made almost $6,000 this month. And he said, no, and I can't tell you the next word that he said. But he said, but he's like, will you help me get started? I flew out to Omaha, Nebraska, got my aunt and uncle started. Today, they're emeralds. They retired from their full-time occupations early. Uh, in fact, I'll tell you this. They were on their way to getting a divorce because he was so caught up in his corporate stuff, and she didn't have any interest in that. And they were this far away from a divorce, and this business brought them back together. They're chasing their dream together. Uh, they've got... 
between four and 500 people in their organization. They just broke their fourth platinum, and, and five and six are looking really good for this year. So uh, Uncle Bob and Aunt Pam were our fourth platinum leg. Uh, we, when we moved to the Charlotte area, uh, we went to the movies the night that we moved to the Charlotte area. I uh, had some friends move us from Raleigh to Charlotte, and, and so I said, hey, guys, we've been moving boxes all day. Let's go get some pizza, my treat. We went and got pizza. Uh, afterwards, I said, you know what? Let's not unpack any more boxes. Let's go catch a movie. So I took the guys that helped me move, and we went over to the movie theater. Well, imagine this. I'm in the movie. We're at the, in the movie thing. I get popcorn. I walk over to, you know, you know the little butter thing? It's not really butter. It's like a chemical product of some kind. Yeah, grease. Whoever said grease was exactly right. Well, this guy gets in front of me, and he goes to push down on the, on the butter thing, but it's stuck. Right? Can you imagine it getting stuck? So apparently, you know, it had been used in a while. So he does what every red-blooded man would do when it's stuck. He goes, and he hits it. Well, when it does, when it breaks, it doesn't break straight down. It breaks straight at him. So it goes right here. And so he, you know, he's like this. He turns, and I did what every other red-blooded male watching this would do. I started laughing. I'm like, that's funny. I don't know. But here's what's funny. Washington across his sweatshirt. And I said, hey, are you, you from Washington? He said, yeah, born and raised in Washington State. I said, well, no kidding. I did an internship in college from Washington. He says, well, uh, he said, uh, how long have you lived here? I said, actually, today's my first day. I just moved from Raleigh. And he said, well, then let me welcome you to the neighborhood. And we exchanged numbers. I gave him a call. Uh, as it turns out, him and his wife had been in the business before. And whatever life happened, they wanted to get back in the business. And actually, they ended up not building the business. But somebody that they were in their praise and worship band at their church, they'd been talking to him and talking to him and talking to him. And as it turns out, that couple got started. We helped them go emerald. Uh, they've got, gosh, I don't know, seven, 800 people in their organization now. And they're about ready to break two more emeralds right now. So that's going pretty good. Uh, so that's Bob and Stacy Bardo. Uh, my sixth platinum is a really cool story. I'm on an airplane. I'm in Wichita, Kansas, flying to Dallas for a return back to Charlotte. I'm on the airplane. Again, I'm, not, I'm still not even a people person here, okay? I'm an emerald, fall, falling back emerald, but I'm still not a super people person. I'm sitting there. I decide to get some sleep. As we're coming into land, I wake up because you've got to put your seat backs up and all that junk. The guy next to me is loading up a laptop. He's closing up a laptop. I said, hey, what, are you just finishing up some work? And he said, no, nah, I'm just sending some emails to some friends. And I said, well, what do you do for work? And he says, actually, I'm a Navy pilot. I said, really? What, like, you know, what do you mean? He says, well, I'm based out of uh, you know, the San Diego thing, used to be the Miramar you know, naval thing. I'm like, really? You're like Top Gun. You know, you're like Tom Cruise from Top Gun. And he said, well, that's probably stretching it a little bit. I'm flying these kind of airplanes now. And he says, what do you do? I said, as little as possible. <laughs> he said, what do you mean? I said, well, I started my own business. And, and he goes, well, tell me about it. And so right there on a the little napkin, I started drawing some circles. And he, he got so excited. He said, man, I've always wanted to own my... He call, I called him Tom Cruise. He called me Bill Gates. <laughs> he's, he's like, man, I've always wanted to own my own business. I really want to do it. Now, remember, we're falling back emeralds. Money's a little tight. And right now I'm thinking, I can't afford to sponsor somebody in San Diego. Right? Because it's going to cost me... So I said, tell you what. When I do expand business in San Diego, I'll look you. I'll call you. you know, let's exchange numbers. Well, I get home. Two days later, there's an email from him. I can't sleep. I keep thinking about what you talked about. Please tell me more about it. How can I get some more information? I want to do it. So I found an info session in the area. Go to the info session. Well, as it turns out, he, uh, the day after the info session, he says, I wasn't able to make it. I'm like, okay. So I send him to another one. 
He, he sends me a message the other next to, I can't make it. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm, I'm going to finally lose this guy. I'm going to ditch him because I, I don't want to sponsor him. Last thing I want is a leg in San Diego right now. I need legs in Charlotte that I can work with. And so I, I sent him a, an email that said, last chance, if you don't go to this info session, uh, we're probably not going to be able to work together. Well, the next day I get a, um, actually, I, I ended up going to, um, ended up going to a, an info session in Charlotte, and somebody says to me, hey, your new guy was at the meeting on Tuesday. And I'm like, really? Because I didn't think he made it. I didn't hear anything. And so I, um, uh, I said, really, he was at the info session and everything? He said, yeah, he was at the info session, but he was also at the rally on Saturday. So I go home, and I call Mike up, okay? I'm like, hey, Mike, you, did you make it to the info session there on Thursday? And he said, yeah, it was really, really good. I was very impressed with everybody. And I said, uh, I said, well, that's good. I said, what would you like best about it? He said, well, what I really liked best was the meeting they had after that. I said, oh, you stayed for training. Because we did training after the info session, you know, after we explained the numbers. And he said, oh, yeah, because I figured it wasn't for the prospects, so I'd really see the real true character of the people. I figured they'd really be putting a show on for the beginning part, but I could really see the true character of the people in the second part. I said, okay, well, that's, that's okay, I guess, that you stayed for the training, and that's a little unusual. And he said, but that's not even the best part. We went to something called a night owl afterwards where we got pizza and a bunch of stuff. And I said, you what? You went to a night owl? He goes, yeah, they asked me to speak. I said, what did you say? He said, well, I just told them I was sponsored by you, and they're really excited about you coming out and doing a meeting. I'm like, first of all, you're not sponsored by me. I said, um, well, where were you this weekend? He said, oh, I was at a seminar and rally. I said, well, who told you you could go to a seminar and rally? He said, everybody at the Night Owl. <laughs> they got me up there, too. I said, what do you mean they got you up? Well, apparently, I don't know what they were doing, but they were, people were committing to give up something until they sponsored a new leg or whatever. Well, he came up, and he, com- he committed to giving up coffee until he sponsored a new leg, and I'm sponsored by Doug and Amy Weir out of Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> And so, anyhow, long story short, that's the, that was our sixth platinum leg. And then our uh, seventh leg, this is, a, this is our biggest organization today, uh, was actually a guy that I met um, at a Target store. Target store. Had a Penn State sweatshirt on. I went to Michigan State. I'm walking down the aisle. I see his Penn State. I said, hey, did you go to Penn State? And he said, yeah, as a matter of fact, I did. And I said, well, I'm sorry to hear that. And I was just kind of joking. And he goes, kind of looks at me, and I said, oh, I went to Michigan State. I'm just pulling your leg. And so we started talking, and you know what? He was just like me, transplanted Yankee down in North Carolina, working in corporate America, a little frustrated, asked me what I did. I said, little as possible, and, you know, ended up setting up a time to get with him, got him started, got his sister up in Pennsylvania started. They got uh, her best friend from college started in Erie, Pennsylvania. They're emeralds with three emerald legs. They got their first uh, emerald leg, which was a fraternity brother. Second emerald leg ends up going through his sister and down through Columbus, Ohio. Uh, That organization's got about 1,200 people, like 800 people, I think, came to this last conference um, just in that that Erie, Pennsylvania organization. And so all it takes is just get out there and talk to a couple people and, you know, that kind of thing. And so, you know, in fact, that couple up in Erie, Pennsylvania that really kind of became my first wing couple, um, they just recently had a baby. And one of the things that I'm super proud of is, and I tell people all the time, you know, yeah, on the surface it looks like we sell Neutralite and we do artistry and we sell products, but, um, you know, the, the message that they were able to send me the night that they brought their little girl home, you know, was the, one of the best things that I could have possibly ever heard because the message was we're financially free, the bills are paid, we're a new mommy and daddy, 
and we've now got the rest of our life with this little girl to be able to enjoy. Thank you, Doug and Amy Weir, for believing in us. And you know, and I'm just like, that, that is totally what the business is all about. And I could give you a hundred of those. You know, when my aunt and uncle call me from a day on the lake, my, my aunt and uncle and their dog are out on the lake, and it's, there's nobody else out on the lake except for them. And they send a message saying, hey, you know what? We would be divorced today. And today we're out here with our dog. We're meeting our grandkids later. Thank you, Doug and Amy, for sharing this business opportunity. And, and, and again, I could give you one after another, after another, after another. You know, people ask us all the time, you know, um, they come out of a weekend like this. How did you stay excited? In fact, I remember one of our groups just recently asked me that. Doug, you know, you come to these weekends and you get so pumped up, but how do you, how do you stay excited? You know, my answer is we didn't. We didn't stay excited. We stayed focused. Who says you have to stay excited? You know, don't let your emotions determine your actions. Isn't that what most people do? If they're excited, they take action. They sh show this to somebody. If they're not excited at the moment, well, you know what? Just decide to get the job done. Just decide that it's worth, it's worth building the business. You know, here's a statement I'll leave you with is this. Put yourself in a position to fail. You know, most people don't ever, they don't put themselves out at all. They don't, they don't, they don't make a commitment they won't share their goals with somebody because they're afraid they're not going to hit it. Or they won't even set a goal. You know, this is what, the month of October? Do you have a goal for the end of the month? What's your PV goal for the end of the month? What's your sponsoring goal for the end of the month? What's your education goal for the end of the month? Have you got one? Most people don't. And, that's why, and, and since most people don't even, they don't even set a goal, they don't even put themselves in a position of, to fail, so month turns into month, turns into year, it turns into year, and because you've never done it. So here's my, my last bit of advice. Put yourself in a position to fail, but don't let yourself fail. But don't. Put yourself in a position to, but don't. In other words, make whatever goal a reality. With that, it's been awesome spending some time with you guys. I hope we helped you, and I uh, hope you guys will have us back sometime. God bless you. We love you, and good night. This audio is a copyrighted work of Affinity Incorporated. Duplication is prohibited and purchase is optional. This audio is for existing IBOs only and is not authorized for use with prospects. While the techniques and approaches suggested have worked for others, no one can guarantee that these techniques and approaches will work for you. In addition, we want to emphasize that success in this business does not come without hard work. Finally, the success depicted here may reflect income from sources other than Amway, such as earnings from the sale of training and educational materials or other businesses and investments.